Hi everybody and welcome to Blue Bros 2. This time it's personal. I'm your host Brandon and with me as always is Caleb. Caleb, how's it going? Waka waka. Um, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, it's going. This week has been a little bit smoother than last. I don't know if I brought up before, uh, but last week... Kids were sick, kind of threw a wrench in things. Uh, well, actually, even recording earlier this week, it caused some changes in our plans on when we were going to record. But all in all, you know, not too bad. Uh, quick announcement, though. <gasps> if you guys um, listen to all our episodes or have listened to some of our recent sports episodes, um, just to be... For further information, no, Brandon is not intoxicated when we record. <laughs> um, we believe that there may be a slight kind of delay with audio that is causing his audio to be a little bit slower, like p- maybe playing at like 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9 normal speed. So he, uh, his audio sounds slow, and we are looking into that problem, and we will get back to you. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Um, yeah, I was the one who pointed it out. I was like, why do I sound like I'm drunk? Did I sound like that the other night? And you're like, no. I was like, I think it's just like slowing your speech down or something. Um, heard, yeah, yeah, it sounded uh, like that classic uh, awkward encounter that Joe Namath had with Susie Colbert on the sideline that one year where he said you know, he was drunk and... He did an interview, and he said that the team was struggling. Struggling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, oh. like, every once in a while, like, I'll notice that it sounds like maybe you're a little bit slower. It never really happened that much, but I kind of thought, you know, I mean, we record late at night. I was just kind of thinking, oh, you know, whatever. It's late. Maybe he just said something slow. But, yeah, it seems to maybe be affecting things. So, we might be looking into alternative ways to record if Skype is not uh, being kind to us. So we'll see. Maybe I just need to talk faster like the Micro Machines guy. <laughs> you remember those commercials? Yeah. From the early 90s, late 80s of the dude that talked really fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, maybe I just need to start doing that and it'll just even itself out. If we had... Oh, well, actually, no, that wouldn't work because it wouldn't uh, sync up. I was kind of like, maybe we just speed it up like a hair, and then I'll just sound like I'm talking fast. <laughs> fast and high-pitched, just sound like a chipmunk. <laughs> so, anyways, that's that was it for the announcements, the FYI. Rock. Uh, so, what have you been watching? Well, I have not watched a whole lot. I did watch one thing, though, and it was at the recommendation of my brother. And the next time I see my brother, I might punch him in the face. <laughs> so it's not what really that recommend for you? Uh, It's not really that bad, but I think we've talked about this before. Um, this isn't the movie, but we've talked about the movie Iron Sky, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see it? I have not seen it, but I know what it is. Okay. Space Nazis, right? Yep. Okay. So in 2012, there was this thriller of a movie. I 
thought it was hilarious. It was crazy. It was out there. They just went, ran with it and had fun about space Nazis. And it was a good time. I saw my brother, man, what day was it? I think it was Wednesday last week, right before Thanksgiving. Um, I stopped by his work and we were chatting. And I was like, oh, yeah, you won't see us at Thanksgiving because we're all sick. And then in our conversation, he's like, hey, by the way, did you know that they made a second Iron Sky movie? I was just like, I was not aware. And he said that it was funny and that it was pretty good. I watched it and yeah, okay, funny. It, it had its moments, but it was just, I mean, the first one was ridiculous and the concept was crazy, but the second one was just like, okay, we weren't just drunk when we decided to write this. We decided to also get high on top of being drunk. <laughs> So, yeah, it is way out there. If you just enjoy watching absolute insanity and not, I mean, you know, sometimes people are just like, oh, why don't they try making something original? Like, this is more of that realm where it's just like they are completely going with ideas that you do not see. And he, my brother also told me that supposedly they're working on a third one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're going for the whole trilogy. Uh, but I did not feel like the second one was as good as the first one. So I feel like it's one of those ideas. Like the original one was, you know, this is kind of a kooky idea, but let's roll with it and see what happens. And it's entertaining. So then they make two more, and it's just like, you guys kind of are beating a dead horse. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even like, I. I didn't think the first one got that much attention and was that good that it was going to be worth making a second one, but it's kind of like, uh, the human centipede or okay. like the first one was, you know, you get past like the shocking idea and everything. And it's like, okay, that's been done. Did they really need two more? <laughs> and yes, I've seen all of those and no, they didn't need two more. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, so that's basically the only thing that I've uh, watched out of the normal review movies that we've reviewed. So have you have you seen something better than I have? Oh, man, I saw a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. um, We've watched a lot of Christmas stuff lately. So, man, just the stuff that I can remember off the top of my head. We watched the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Um, we have watched, um, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, uh, you know, that's a classic. It's one of those you have to watch every single year. Um, man, I, I don't know why, but I'm blanking right now. And I know we watch so many movies. I feel like that's one of those things where like you've watched so much that you kind of just, forget half of everything you watched nice um we watched home alone one and two i know that uh, and that actually reminds me of another thing too that i was watching uh, this is a new series that just came out like i think last week or two weeks ago on netflix um it's from the creators of the toys that made us and it's called the movies that made us <sighs> uh, what it is is a four episode documentary series 
about uh, famous movies, like influential movies of the 80s. Uh, the first episode is about Dirty Dancing. Okay. Uh, the second one is about Home Alone, which was the first one I watched. Because it was, I found it like literally right after we got done watching Home Alone 1 and 2. And I'm like, oh my god, what is the, the you know, the odds of this? I have to watch this. Uh, the third one is about Die Hard. Nice. And the fourth one is about Ghostbusters. Okay. So if you got a chance, check that out. It was really cool. Uh, they give kind of like the backstory of making these movies. And, you know, each one of the movies that they have on there were kind of movies that were kicked around a while and never they never really thought were going to be big hits. Like how, especially with like Dirty Dancing, that pretty much every single major um, company like turned it down. So they had to go on to a company that was more known for direct-to-video VHS movies. It was Vestron Video. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Hmm. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, that was like the first actual movie that they produced and released in theaters, and like it just blew up. Um, I've so far, I think, you know, I've seen two and a half of the episodes. I. Started getting tired and turned off the Die Hard one the other night, and I haven't watched Ghostbusters yet. But so far, the Home Alone one was the most interesting one to me. Nice, very nice. But yeah, very cool. Uh, yeah, check that show out. You you'll enjoy it. But sticking with um, kind of learning interesting things, we can move on to Did You Know. And this week for Did You Know, it is my turn. And I want to stick with something that kind of goes I, with with like the theme of, you know, Christmas coming up. You know, Christmas known for baked goods and sweets and, you know, just things that will make you gain weight and hate yourself when the new year comes around. Nice. <laughs> and uh, my fact for today is, did you know... That Nabisco is short for National Biscuit Company. I did not know that. I didn't either. I thought Nabisco was just like, you know, like the creator's name or something like that. Kind of like Kellogg's. Yeah. But no, it is short for National Biscuit Company. That is a pretty good execution of that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I I never would have thought of that, but it seems like a natural name, you know? Like, sometimes they mash words together and it just sounds stupid. Mm-hmm. But that, no, that's uh, National Biscuit Company. Biscuit. Interesting. That's a good one. Rock. Huh. <laughs> Enlightening the world yeah, today. How- how many other companies have been lying to us? <laughs> right? Is Oreo just a mashup of a couple people's names? <laughs> I, I really don't think so. 
to start coming up with like fake things. <laughs> All right. So with that out of the way, we could move on into our main topic. And the topic for the week is the 1996 movie Jingle All the Way, directed by Brian Levant. Uh, And the plot for this one, straight from IMDb, is a father vows to get his son a Turbo Man action figure for Christmas. However, every every store is sold out of them, and he must travel all over town and compete with everybody else in order to find one. Uh, the cast, pretty pretty good comedic cast. Uh, we got Arnold Schwarzenegger as the main character of Howard. Sinbad plays his rival, Myron. Phil Hartman is the neighbor, Ted. Rita Wilson plays Arnold's um, wife, Liz. And Jake Lloyd plays Arnold's son, Jamie. Um, it's kind of funny, like, I look back at this and... You know, at the time, I guess Arnold did, like, a few comedies. You know, he did Junior and Twins before that. But it's kind of funny to look at because sometimes I feel like Arnold's, like, comedic roles are almost as good as some of his his, his like, action roles. <laughs> how do you mean exactly? Like, how well know, he executed like, it or... Yeah, I think so, because, I mean, obviously, you know, everybody knows Arnold Schwarzenegger for his, his action movies, but I feel like he shows, like, some pretty good range and, like, personality in some of his uh, comedic roles. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that. Oh, you know, he's 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 pretty decent in this, um, and... I don't know. Junior was goofy as it was, but uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Twins with him and Danny DeVito. I know I saw a part of it on TV one time. I believe that was his first comedy movie. Um, yeah, he does a pretty good job in that one, too. But... Yeah, no, uh, so look... he did. I was going to say, he did a pretty good job. Um, he's not going to win any uh, Oscars for Best Actor of the Year, but... <laughs> 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 yeah, that, yeah. Believe me, that'll never happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, the movie starts off. It's one of those movies that, like, if you've never seen it before, and it starts off, you're like, uh, "What is going on?" Because the first scenes you see is like the Turbo Man um, TV show, and it's kind of similar to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh yeah, which was popular at the time. Uh, you know, stupid, corny, like over the top stuff. Um, we see a bunch of stuff happen with Turbo Man. We kind of get it gives us like a a quick rundown of everything he's about, and you know, and they show that like Arnold's son is like obsessed with Turbo Man, which I mean, at the time I was really into Power Rangers, so I get it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and then I mean, from there we get to see that Arnold's character of Howard is 
he's a workaholic. He's really invested in his job, and you know his family is almost kind of coming second. Um, you know, it's shown because like his wife calls him and says, "Hey, don't miss Jamie's belt ceremony for karate." He's like, oh, "I'll be there," and he, you know, he tries to get there, tries to get there. Uh, you know, in the process, he gets a ticket from a motorcycle cop from taking the shoulder in traffic, try to get around everybody. And he misses the ceremony, which, you know, causes a lot of friction between him and his wife and him and his son both. Um, you know, he eventually he makes up with his son and, you know, he, he's his wife is uh, talking to him about, uh, you know, that Turbo Man action figure and everything. And. He's like, you, she's like, you went and got that, right? When I told you weeks ago. And, you know, Arnold tried to just, you know, try to stay out of trouble with his wife. He's like, oh, yeah, I totally got that. No problem. And she says, good, because it's probably, it would probably be like impossible to find now. And she turns the lights off to go to bed. And like Arnold's eyes just pop open like deer in the headlights. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I don't know. The scene always just makes me laugh. Just like the the quick change of expression on his face just cracks me up. Uh, so you know, this is where we get in like the the main part of the story. It's ninety uh, percent of the movie is him looking for this action figure. You know, biggest toy of the year. You know, a la you know the Cabbage Patch Kids dolls back in the eighties or Tickle Me Elmo. Probably right. It was. It happened right around the same time this movie came out. Tickled me Elmo then, so you know it kind of gave. It kind of worked well with audiences at the time. Gave it something for them to relate to. So in the morning he gets up and he goes to. He says he's going to go pick up the action figure at his office. What he's really doing is going to try to find it. Um, and this is where he meets Myron, who's played by Sinbad. Um, you know, they start off friendly, you know, having small talk and saying, you know, Myron's just like, hey, he's just a dad. You know, he's trying to get his son a toy, so let's, you know, take it easy on him. Because the, the crowd at the toy store is trying to push him out of the way because I think he's cutting in front of line. They get in the store and it's, everybody goes nuts, you know. It's like those... It's like those Black Friday videos you see on YouTube of people like fighting and trampling each other and, um, you know, just ridiculous stuff. Oh, yeah. While they're trying to get the toys, him and Myron, like, kind of wrestle around with each other. Myron hits him with a mailbag and knocks him into, like, the stand of toys. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's character gets an RC car and just like runs it into Myron's feet and like trips him up. <laughs> uh, so it happens like the first store they go to, they don't have, or like the they barely miss getting a Turbo Man doll, like the last one a woman gets. So they're like, yeah, it's a woman in a fur coat bought the last one. So Arnold chases her down. And the person he talks to is the woman who does uh, Lisa Simpson's voice. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't write down what her name is, but 
she's been in a few movies. She was in uh, Maximum Overdrive. But yeah, she did the does the voice of Lisa Simpson. It, it's pretty obvious when you you know you hear that and then you hear her voice. Uh, but so he talks to her. He's like, I, I need that doll, and she's like, Well, I don't know. You know, I got it. And he's like, I will pay you three times as much. She's like, oh, okay. And and he hands her the money. He's like, she hands her him her phone number and like flirts with him and she walks off. And he's all excited because he got the doll, got it quick, easy. And he turns the box around and it's like Turbo Man Sidekick Booster, <laughs> which is like this weird like pink like saber tooth bear or something. I don't know, stupid looking thing. But apparently like. That one's super easy to find. No one wants it. It's that toy is what people in like the toy collecting uh, business would call a peg warmer, <laughs> where it just you know sits on the peg at the store and just keeps it warm. <laughs> nice, always there when you're looking for stuff. Uh, and it just kind of comes up through throughout the movie. Uh, so he sees like the actual like lady, the right one, riding off in a cab, and he tries to chase her down, and no luck there. Um, so then we get a, you know a classic montage of him going to all these different stores, trying to find this uh, Turbo Man action figure, and you know striking out everywhere. People just a montage of people laughing at him when he's asking for it. Um, like the next place he goes is the the Mall of America, because he hears that there's like a him and Myron both hear that there's a late shipment of Turbo Man at the Mall of America, so you know they start racing each other. They're friendly, and then again, you know, once they hear that there's a shipment of the action figures, they're adversaries again, trying to race each other. Myron is a mailman, so he jumps in his um. Well, male Jeep, he can't get it started. Uh, Arnold jumps in his car, slams it in reverse, and he hits the same motorcycle cop that gave him the ticket earlier in the movie, uh, knocks the the motorcycle over, and when he's picking it up, the cop comes out, notices that he like broke it, so he writes him another ticket. Um, they get to the Mall of America, to the store, and like, the people there are telling him, you know, we want to do this in an orderly fashion. Everybody gets a a ball with a number on it, and then uh, you know we got a limited amount, so we'll draw like numbers, and that's who gets these dolls. Well, of course, that starts a huge fight, and everybody's wrestling for these like bouncy balls with numbers on them. <laughs> you see a bunch of crazy stuff, like uh, Arnold grabs like two of them, and some woman like bites his hand, and he yeah. has them. Uh, Sinbad like goes and takes the the ball from him, and he's laughing at him. And Arnold starts yelling, "He's got two! Get him! He's got two! And they they all like tackle Sinbad or or Myron is his name. Um, one ball gets loose. Arnold starts chasing it down, and he's got to go through like this huge maze of things trying to get this ball um, bouncing off. Um, Stairs down the, like an escalator, uh, you know, it goes into like it lands right into the lap of this this little girl in a stroller. Which this scene always 
I don't know. I just couldn't really figure it out. I'm like, okay, this little girl that's in a stroller is about four or five. <laughs> like, why? Why is she in a stroller? And she's got like the worst haircut. It's like a like a weird bowl cut. <laughs> and like this girl is just a weird little girl, and she never says like a word the whole time. Uh, she ends up going into like this big jungle gym thing, like with like tubes and slides and all that. It's kind of like the old McDonald's Playlands. Like I don't even know if those like, exist anymore. Oh, they still got those. They still got. Oh, those. they do. Okay, I haven't seen one in forever, but. Yeah, it goes in, she goes into like one of those big playland things, goes into a ball pit, and Arnold's trying to get the ball from her, and she won't give it up, and he's like trying to, she puts it in her mouth, and he's trying to like squeeze it out of her mouth, and he gets attacked by the mother and like this whole group of other mothers, like hitting them with a, with their purses, and he gets chased off, and, um, I will say that scene is probably the longest, most useless scene in the movie. Uh, oh how, yeah, I would agree. With how long, like they have him chasing the ball and things like that, it was just it was kind of like an extended part where it's just like, really? I mean, I kind of get it, but at the same time, it was really drawn out and it was not. It did not build for anything for the movie. <laughs> You know, my wife and I are watching this movie, and it's, you know, it's probably, like, the 20th time I've seen this movie, and maybe, like, I don't know, maybe the third time she's seen it, but it dawned on me when we were watching this, I'm like, you know, this movie would never be able to happen this way now. Oh, yeah. Because, yep. you know, Arnold wouldn't waste all of his time going to all these stores he could just go on eBay and buy it because he was willing to pay extra for the action figure. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, it was Christmas Eve day that he was buying it, but yeah, you know, no, he I could maybe he could maybe find one on like Facebook Marketplace or something. Somebody's trying to sell the the action figure for like three hundred bucks or something. Yeah, it's he... obvious like he has the money. He didn't really care. He just wanted to get his son the toy that he really wanted. Yeah, and that is, I thought about that too. That's really interesting because we were, oh man, we, did we talk about it in an episode or not? Because we talked about how Home Alone wouldn't work either um, nowadays, right? Because, you I know, think, cell phones. I, we, I don't know if we talked about it um, on the show or if we just talked about it outside of the show. But I, yeah, I know what you're saying. With yeah. cell phones and all that stuff. Because I was thinking about that too, about how, you know, he wasn't able uh, how he had to make all his calls from the payphone, and then he could look stuff up, and then you know people could buy online, just exactly like you said. I was thinking about that during this whole pro, uh, during the whole movie. So, mm-hmm. so after he gets attacked by the mothers with the purses, uh, the mall Santa like calls him over, and he's like, "I hear you're looking for a Turbo Man." He's like, "I know where you can get one," and you know Arnold doesn't believe him, and he has like his elf show him a picture he's like this is from this morning and it's like him <laughs> holding the turbo man doll he's like i'll take you there so basically he's going to like a black market um setup they have in like some warehouse in the middle of nowhere uh you know they get there and he gives him the doll and everything and he's like here to be like such and such and arnold pays him for it and he 
looks at the doll and like when he bumps it it starts talking but it's talking in spanish <laughs> and uh he you know the the ball saddle ball saddle is played by jim belushi and he's like you know that's the multilingual one he's like it's educational <laughs> <laughs> arnold tries to take it out of the box he's like oh no don't take it out of the box and of course it falls apart because it's just some cheap like knockoff uh you know that makes Arnold man, he starts like fighting with him, and like all these other Santas show up that are like in the background, and they start fighting with him. And uh, actually, like this one huge Santa comes after him, and the huge Santa is played by the Big Show, the yeah. wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> and this was actually before he was in WWE. He was in WCW at the time. He was he was the giant. But, Nice. Yeah, I actually I looked him up on IMDb just to see, and so this was the second um, feature that he was in for acting. Like that's how early on it was for him. Oh, really? What was the first thing he was in? Uh, Reggie's Prayer. Oh, I have no idea what that is. I have no <laughs> idea what it is either. Now I'm clicking on it to see, and oh, it's like a football movie. Oh, okay. It's a okay. I wasn't sure if it was documentary or somewhere. It's a drama sports. So oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you get like a lot of <laughs> a lot of different Santas in this, and it's pretty funny. So you get like the seven foot tall Santas, the Big Show. You get like one who is about three feet tall, and he's played by Vern Troyer. Yeah. Uh, that he got like a kung fu Santa and all this other crazy stuff, but while all this is going on, everybody's fighting. Uh, the cops show up and they're like raiding the place, and uh, you know Arnold's in fear of getting arrested, and he looks over on this table and there's like a bunch of fake uh, cop toys, and he grabs a badge and he like impersonates that he's like an undercover detective and that they blew his cover and everything, and he he lectures them and then he ends up getting away. From the whole thing of course uh, yeah and feeling defeated he goes to like a diner and just you know get a get a, get a cup of coffee and just you know sulk that he couldn't find the action figure and, you know and of course myron shows up and they start talking and how disappointed myron was as a kid because his dad didn't get him this toy he wanted and he's like you know who got who got this toy that was like some wasn't like a senator or something, or it was like a CEO of some huge company. Yeah, I remember. And he's like, he was my neighbor and my friend. His dad got him the toy. I didn't, and I'm just a mailman, which, <laughs> which made me laugh because I before I got my current job, uh, I actually applied to be to work at the post office. Hey, that can be a good job sometimes. Be, yeah, because the pay was like ridiculous it was like 25 dollars an hour or something like that like mm-hmm. with benefits and um and so it just made me laugh that you know just being a mail care carrier and like the, one of the guys that just walks around the small neighborhoods and hands out all the um the mail and stuff like that's a pretty good paying job and you get great benefits with it because it's a government job yeah and it just makes me laugh that he's supposed to be seen as like a, a failure and all this uh while they're there, like a radio station that they have on at the diner says, you know, we got a turbo man here, chance to get a turbo man. If you call, give us the name of Santa's reindeer. Arnold knows it, so he runs the payphone calls, and Myron rips the phone out of the wall. 
the owner of the diner is like, hey, the radio station is only like a block away. It's like, why don't you just go there? So, you know, they're racing each other there. Arnold gets there first, tells the guy, but he barges into the guy who's like live on the air and like frantically tells him the name of Santa's reindeer. And he's like, I won, didn't I? And the radio DJ is played by Martin Mole and he's like scared to death, you know, because it's like huge Arnold Schwarzenegger plows into your, uh, your radio booth while you're recording and he's like demanding you know that he won and everything so he's like are you, were you guys under the assumption that i had a doll because i don't i have a gift certificate that you can get one eventually uh, so both him and admiring are like feeling defeated so they go to leave and like the cops show up because you know arnold barged into the guy uh, and it's the same motorcycle cop shows up again, of course. And Myron says, you know, I've got a bomb here. And it's just like a package that he pulls out of the bag that he has. He's like, this thing will blow up. So he like throws it down and then him and Arnold run away. And they show the, the motorcycle cop picks the box up and he like smells it and listens to it. And one of the other cops is just like, I'd be careful with that. It's like, don't do anything with it. And he's like, it's okay. I was on the, the bomb squad for 10 years. He's like, this is just a normal package. And he opens up, like, rips the packaging, and, like, it explodes. And uh, Byron just, like, shocked. And he's like, there's some sick people in this world. <laughs> <laughs> some sick people. Uh, you know, Arlo gets back to his car, and it's sitting on cinder blocks. Um, so he gets a ride home with like the tow truck person. Uh, and he's just getting to the point now where he will do anything he can to get his son, this action figure. And he remembers how Ted, uh, Phil Hartman's character told him that he already got a son, a turbo man. And then it's nestled safely under the tree. Oh my gosh. And... How have we not talked more about Ted up until the <laughs> Well, I'll get to that when I have like some quotes and stuff. Okay. Um, so yeah, Ted. Oh my God, Phil Hartman. This movie made me miss two things. The first one, it made me miss uh, Sinbad playing uh, in comedy movies, like even just small roles, because I always like really enjoyed his movies. <laughs> uh, one I watched not too long ago was First Kid. And oh yeah. I don't know what it is about the guy. He just seems like a super likable guy. <laughs> and, I, you know, I said the, the, the last time about John Candy, too. And I feel like Sinbad, like if you saw him somewhere, like, you know, if you're out to eat or something and he's there and, you know, you went approached him and talked to him, he, you know, he'd talk to you. Uh, and I just feel like he'd be like a nice, like, welcoming person. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, that made me just miss him in movies. It also made me really miss Phil Hartman because that guy was so great at comedic acting. Mm-hmm. Just his, his little things, the little ways he said things and um, the subtlety of like his, his comedy. You know, he wasn't like the big like slapstick guy, you know, like Jim Carrey or something. He is just like the... He was so good in this movie at playing just like the skeevy neighbor that's trying to um, 
seduce all like the women in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. It's like his current target is Arnold's wife. Uh, and, you know, Arnold sees what's going on. Nobody else does. Like, oh, he's such a, such a nice guy. And he just helps everybody out. And he's just so genuine. And you know, kind of, Arnold kind of sees, like, his his side, his dark side. <laughs> but yeah, Well, uh, uh, real quick about him and Sinbad. Yeah, this movie would definitely not be the same if either of them were not in it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I I feel like you know Arnold plays more of like the straight man I guess in this movie, and he, you know Sinbad just kind of feeds off from him, and you know I'll get a little more into Sinbad's role in this movie when I get to like the trivia and quotes thing because I found it kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, so he Phil Hartman's character tells him you know he already got the Turbo Man it's under his tree for his son. So Arnold, you know, hating Ted, he, like, breaks into uh, Ted's house to, like, take it. Uh, And (laughs) Arnold runs into, like, the reindeer that Ted uh, rented or, like, bought his son for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's, like, the overcompensating dad, I feel like. Where you know he might not be like super emotionally involved, but he's gonna just shower his son with like gifts, like lavish gifts. Uh, so you know you see Arnold getting like a tussle with this reindeer, and it actually ends with him punching the reindeer in the face, <laughs> <laughs> which cracks me up. But so he gets caught, like t- trying to take the doll because, uh, you know, some like one of the Christmas decorations falls in the fireplace, gets on fire and Arnold like kicks it to get rid of it. And it goes out the window. Um, you know, his wife sees the whole thing happen. She's like lecturing him about it. And now he's on like the outs with his wife and his son because he, you know, he lied about getting the, the toy and you know, his son's like, you never keep any uh, promises that you make. And his wife's just like, I, you know, she can't like trust him because he's always lying to her and not taking time for them. So, um, like his son really wants him to go to the, the winter parade in, in town. And, you know, they show like Arnold kind of just like, sitting there, uh, feeling sorry for himself. And he's like having a beer and he's like sharing the beer with the, the reindeer. <laughs> he's now like made up with and they're kind of like friends it's kind of funny uh and it just comes to him he's like you know i gotta change i gotta be a better dad he's like i'm gonna start by keeping my promises so he goes off to um meet his family at the the parade and just kind of make amends and everything um and at that time ted has he takes uh Liz and the two boys to the parade and you know she's having a hard time with what just went down and you know the strain on their their marriage and everything and he's like trying to make a move on her she figures out what's going on and she like smacks him in the head with a thermos full of eggnog (laughs) and uh, you know it's at this time Arnold sees everything going on right before she smacks him uh well, he turns really quick and he runs into the motorcycle cop again. And this time he spills like scalding hot coffee out of. 
Uh, it's funny, just like how that guy just keeps popping up, and like the terrible things that happen to him. Like almost all of it's like by accident. <laughs> so you know, the, really, the only thing that was wrong is that he had like some burns on his face, and his hands are all bandaged up from the bomb that Myron had. Now he's got the coffee on him, and he starts chasing after Arnold. Arnold's trying to like lose him, and he runs into this building down an alley and he gets like pulled aside and like oh you're the guy and they're yelling over like all the stuff with him it's like no you do this with the suit you do that with the suit i was like i talked to you all about this this morning we sent the pamphlet over so you know how to run everything and arnold has no idea what's going on uh they get him all suited up and they he realizes that he's uh been mistaken for the person who's supposed to be turbo man in the parade so he's got like the super high tech suit with the jet pack on it and everything that he has no idea how to run. And he's supposed to know all this choreography for the skit they're doing. Uh, so he goes out in a parade and, you know, starting to enjoy himself, all the attention, and everything. And they bring out this huge turbo man action figure. It's like a special edition one. And he's got to give it away to some kind of crowd. So naturally he gives it to his son calls him up on the float, hands it to him, and uh, Dementor, the the villain of, of Turbo Man, is supposed to come out and try to like start a fight with Turbo Man with the whole thing. And uh, at the last minute, Myron attacks the guy who's supposed to be Dementor, and he puts on the suit and goes down on the float, and he's trying to get the action figure from Jamie. And it starts a whole big thing. Uh, everybody thinks it's a skit, but you know it's it's real. They're fighting over this doll, and um, you know it gets to the point where Myron's chasing Jamie. They get up on this big, uh, like light up Christmas tree thing on top of a roof, and they're dangling probably like thirty feet over the the road and everything. And uh, Arnold flies up with the jetpack and catches his son. Myron falls on this float and the cops arrest him. Um, you know, it's at this time. So it goes like through this whole thing where Arnold's dressed like Turbo Man. He's using all the gadgets and all this stuff. And so Turbo Man just has like a helmet with a visor on it. So you can see like his face. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like a microphone that changes the pitch of his voice to make him sound like the actual Turbo Man. But it's so obvious that it's, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger dressed like him, but somehow nobody sees that. Not even his wife or his own son, <laughs> yeah. which cracks me up. Like, that's a huge like suspension of belief to me. Um, but uh, you know, he takes the helmet off, shows who he is, and everybody's just like impressed. Like, wow, he did all this like for us. And um, so Jamie is all excited because his dad is Turbo Man and, you know, they show Myron getting taken away from the cops. He's saying, he's like, what am I going to do to my son on Christmas Day? He's like, he'll never look at me the same. He's like, I can't do that. And uh, Jamie goes over and hands the Turbo Man to Myron, like, to give to his son. And he's like, why would I want the action figure when I have the real Turbo Man at home? (laughs) Which is just, uh, it's just the typical, like, mid-90s family comedy, mushy, stupid, sugary ending. It's so terrible. <laughs> that makes me like, oh, it just makes me roll my eyes every single time. Oh, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, and I mean, that's how the movie ends, you know, basically all of a sudden, oh, he's a better dad. Yep. Everybody's <laughs> because happy. Because he's dressed up like Turbo Man. Yeah, everybody's happy. And you now know, the kid just, will have no Let's just forget that. Yeah, and then let's just forget that uh, Ted tried to sexually assault Arnold's wife. This <laughs> <laughs> is so ridiculous. No, yeah. Like, yeah, when he gave the toy away, I was just like, okay, so now the kid's not going to have a toy. And it's just like, yeah, you have the real Turbo Man at home. But just like, that doesn't change anything. I mean, I, even if that were true, it's just like you you can't, what? You can't play Turbo Man with your dad at home like there's no i don't know i didn't i i get what they were going for but at the same time i'm just like where is the kid's logic there well that is just like that wasn't his suit to keep (laughs) (laughs) you know he had to give that suit back so it's not like hey my dad can dress like turbo man and we can you know pretend that we're doing a turbo man episode and everything like no like he doesn't and then I wondered too, like what happened with that gift certificate? Did he still keep that? Uh, I so looked it, like he did. So is Jamie gonna get the doll like you know in January or something when Eventually. they get another shipment? <laughs> yeah. Eventually. So uh, yeah, no, I mean like I, I get the warm, sappy ending and everything, but yeah, it's just kind of like so I mean I'm sure he was gonna have some other toys too, but it was just like kids want to be the hero like they want to play as turbo man yeah they don't want to be like i'm turbo man sidekick i mean yeah it'd be cool if your dad was a superhero or acted like a superhero or whatever but it's not i don't know it's just it it makes you laugh Mm -hmm. Uh, so did you have any favorite moments or favorite quotes in this movie i've got two I've got one quote and I've got one like kind of exchange um, between two characters, but actually, is there anything you've got? Actually, you know what? I forgot to write down quotes this time. <laughs> Was there any favorite moments during the movie that you really enjoyed? Well, I mean, like you were saying, uh, and we were talking about like Ted just made this movie and I know that you're going to talk more about his character. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, I'll let you go, and then if I think of something that you left, there might be something that I think of that you left out, <laughs> since I know okay. you've got specific quotes. So, yeah. Um. So my first one is the scene I was talking about where he's chasing the little girl with the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's right when he's getting attacked by all the women with their purses. And it's just... uh, The way Arnold's... um, Arnold's voice, Arnold's accent kind of like slaughters some words and it just makes me laugh. Uh, And this was like my... One of my favorite quotes from the movie. He says, I'm not a pervert. I was just looking for the Turbo Man doll. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just how he slaughters the word pervert he's like not a pervert and that you know that fed right into uh, Jim Belushi as the Santa nice and my second one is an exchange between Arnold and Ted and it's probably one of the most infamous or famous parts of the movie 
and it just, it's not even, it's just, I don't know, Arnold kind of being the straight man and Phil Hartman, you know, being more of the, the comedic guy and just his job in this role was just so good. And, you know, it's really just sad to look back and know that we, we lost him just what, like two years after this movie came out. Cause I think he, he was killed in like 1998. Uh, yeah, it was 98. And actually I was reading some stuff about this and hold on. Um, it was his last film to be released before his death. Mm. So, wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'll give this a little exchange here. So, uh, to frame it, um, it was when Arnold calls on a phone and he calls his house to tell his wife, like he's going to be late. And he's surprised when Ted answers, uh, and, uh, you know, Ted answers, like, you know, such and such residence. And he, he knows that it's it's Arnold, you know, Howard. And he's, like, asking him how's it going and everything. And um, I'll do my, my terrible Arnold impression here. And Arnold says, Ted, I need to talk to Liz. Ah! <laughs> Howard, excuse me, but your wife's cookies are out of this world. What? Uh... Who told you that you could eat my cookies? Oh, I'm just helping Liz out in the kitchen. She's baking up a storm here. Ted, I need to talk to my wife. So could you get on the phone, please? I think she's in the shower, Howard. Want me to go check? <laughs> no. I mean, no. That's fine. On your way out, just tell her that I'll be a few minutes late, but she shouldn't worry. Oh, she won't worry. I mean, I'm here and mmm, all oh, these cookies. I gotta get the recipe from Liz. Put that cookie down now. Howard, there's something bothering you because this time of year, there's high incidence of stress-related breakdowns. And then, like, a buzzer goes off and he's like, oops, there's the next batch. Gotta go, Howard. I'll give Liz your message, though. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> and Arnold just, like, slams the phone down, just so irritated <laughs> And it just cracks me up because, like, how crazy he's going over the cookies. <laughs> uh, and it's just such like a natural exchange. Like, I don't know how many times they had to film that scene, but um, yeah, that would have been. Interesting and you know, enough. what usually when they do phone scenes, like they just record. You know, they would record everything Arnold has to say, and then record everything Phil Hartman has to say, and just mesh them together. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know the end result. Of that was just so funny. Yeah, that was a good one, and and that is definitely one of the big, well, not biggest parts, but most memorable parts of the movie. So, oh yeah, that put the cookie down. I, you know, we've talked before about the Arnold Schwarzenegger prank phone calls, where people will take quotes from his movies and you know play them on a soundboard for someone who answers the phone, and the put the cookie down, uh, and who told you that you could eat my cookies is always one that was in those so yeah it just cracks me up yeah so those are those are my two kind of like favorite moments uh was there anything that you had um the uh it's not really a part but one thing that i kind of wanted to talk about is just like i 
I know there are other movies that are kind of around it too, and that's just kind of like an easy go to thing. But it's just like, were dads in the nineties like just the worst people ever or something? <laughs> <laughs> because how workaholics many... don't care about their families. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was just like, I don't. Uh, I just, it just makes me laugh because I feel like that's what so many of the Christmas movies were, is like dads letting their kids down during the holidays. Uh, I guess I never really thought about it, but now you say that, yeah, that's pretty much true. I mean, like, I don't, I know everybody's experiences are different and some of them are good and some of them are bad, but, um, also it was a little different for me. I mean, when you're, when you're watching it, when you're younger, you don't really think about these things, but it's just like, I don't ever really remember wanting any of the like hot toys, you know, like the the ones that were in huge demand. I don't remember wanting those. To- like, I remember wanting some of the popular ones, but as far as some of those, like the hottest toys of the the season, I don't I don't remember wanting those. I mean, maybe I'm forgetting something, but do you remember? Yeah, I never. Yeah, I never really like wanted something that bad either. I mean. I guess by the time that we were a little bit older, they were making like so many of like the popular toys that you didn't really have to worry about not being able to find them. I guess from what my parents have told me, the hardest thing to find out of all the toys that I ever wanted was back when I was really into Ninja Turtles, like when I was young, like really young, probably like, you know, four or five or something like that. Uh, they released a series that had like an April O'Neil action figure. Oh, I remember that. And apparently, one. like that one was really hard to find hmm. because I, because like I remember my mom specifically telling me like they went to all these different stores in Saginaw and Flint, and you know my dad worked down by Pontiac, and he went down to a few stores down there, and they just couldn't find it. It was like it was one of those where you know they were probably thinking. Who wants an April O'Neil action figure? We're not going to make as many of these. We're going to make more of, like, say, like, Bebop and Rocksteady, because that's what kids are going to (laughs) want. So, you know, there might have been, like, one or two per case or something like that. Yeah. Isn't that when, um, is that the same toy line that had the um, Ninja Turtle van or whatever? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, the original Ninja Turtles toys. Um. Yeah, I had so many of those. I think they're still up in like the rafters of the garage at my parents' house. Because <laughs> nice. I've got that Ninja Turtle van. I've got the Technodrome. Like, yeah, I had quite a bit of stuff, and I did get that April O'Neil action figure. <laughs> <laughs> Whether that's worth anything or not, who knows? But that's the only one I can think of that my parents said that they had a hard time finding. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Uh, offhand so I don't know maybe I'll have to ask my parents and see if they remember anything interesting um, like that hmm. yeah um, you know we talked about the acting and everything earlier on with you know how great Phil Hartman was in this and how that character it, it just had to be like written for him like I don't think they had anybody else in mind for that role like I can't picture anybody else in that role yeah, no one, uh, no one would definitely pull it off as well as he did. But yeah, and just 
you know, the way Sinbad and, and Arnold kind of worked off from each other was great as well. You know, as long as it's like with Arnold and Phil Hartman working off each other too, just, I don't know. Uh, I feel like it was casted pretty well in this movie. Um, and, you know, one thing too I noticed in this is, I get. I guess since it was winter, you know, Arnold is wearing a lot of like baggy clothing and stuff, but that kind of just helps him seem more like a normal person. Yeah, true. And less of like you know, action big, hero, bulky, ripped Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Because you know the only time you really see Arnold is like a big beefed up guy is at the end of the movie where he's wearing the the Turbo Man outfit, mm-hmm. where he comes off more of just like a normal dad. Uh, with a terrible accent yeah <laughs> <laughs> with a thick austrian accent but he's not a pure <laughs> speaking of the cast um i forgot I, I i recognized him but i totally forgot what it was from but the fact that his son in the movie jamie was the anakin skywalker kid <laughs> yep yeah he was i wondered if you were gonna pick up on that uh, oh, yeah, I did. I mean, like, I didn't until like I was sitting down here and like typing some notes, and I was like pull up some stuff to get ready, and I saw the cast list, and I was like, oh, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was just said a few things. I don't think he really acts anymore. No, oh. I think his last thing was in like 2002, and it was like Star Wars for like four years, and then he quit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, really, the acting's pretty good. I mean, it's a corny, like, family movie, and, you know, like you said, Arnold's never going to win an Academy Award for acting, but, you know, he's... I always say that I feel like, out of all, like, the action stars, Arnold is one of the better actors out of that group, which doesn't really say too much, but... I feel like he's good enough that he's not distracting. And I don't know, just like Arnold's personality and charm that he has help him get away with a little bit more than some other guys. So like, say like Steven Seagal or something like that. You still haven't seen the movie Oscar with, uh, Stallone Stallone. It's, it's no, quite I surprising. always say that I think, I always say that I think Stallone is like the, best actor out of the action guys okay i didn't know if where i feel like he is a little underrated at times he can have his terrible movies don't get me wrong but um you know just like his role like in the rocky movies i always felt like he did a very good job in those yeah and even some of like his later movies too because i was i was telling you today that i just watched creed 2 and he was he was great in both of those creed movies as well and I feel like he's a little underrated just because of how many terrible movies he put out in the 80s and um, in the 90s. But, I mean, f- from there we can move on to my trivia and facts. I've got a, a fairly decent-sized list here, so I'll move on to that. Um, so, like, the producer, Chris Columbus... He also made the movie Home Alone. And his original guy that he wanted to play Myron was Joe Pesci, not Sinbad. 
Oh, that would have been kind of interesting. Definitely, I mean, definitely not as good, but I could see it working at least. Yeah, and like Joe Pesci has gone on to show, like Joe Pesci is a it was a great actor. He doesn't act too much anymore. Um, you know, he just came out came out in that new movie. I can't remember the name of it now, but everybody's uh, really talking about it. The, the Irishman, something Irishman. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's shown again that he is a great actor. Uh, you know, it might be a little typecast, but even like some of his comedies that he did, like you know, Home Alone one and two, and movies even like Gone Fishing, that he did. You know, great job in those. But the reason why he wasn't chosen is because they thought that he would be too short next to Arnold, because Joe Pesci is five foot three and Arnold's six foot two. <laughs> so they thought that would be like a little weird. So they ended up going with Sinbad. Uh, and talking about Sinbad, I talked about how, you know, he just works so well as that character working off from Arnold that the majority of Sinbad's lines, he improvised. Like they weren't part of the script. He had like a, like a short outline. So he just kind of, you know, just rolled with it, said kind of what came to mind. And, you know, in response, so like the reactions that Arnold Schwarzenegger has in it are like, those were improvised as well. So that was just like the natural back and forth between Arnold and Sinbad. Which kind of makes sense if you think about it because of how well they worked off from each other in this movie. Yeah. And how effortless it was. And with him being the comedian that he is, um, the comic actor and everything, I feel like he'd do pretty well at that. Because he never really had, I mean, outside of the story that he told about uh, his dad, and when he mm-hmm. was a kid in that diner, he really doesn't do a lot. I mean, he also, when you first uh, meet him in the movie, he had a little bit more dialogue. But, I mean, that easily could have been made up. So, Yeah, and it was basically just wisecracks back and forth to each other through the movie. Um, and, you know, now that I really think about it, I feel like... Throughout his career, Sinbad is really comparable to Rodney Dangerfield in his movies. Where I feel like almost all of Sinbad's movies were probably improvised. Because, you know, just watching First Kid not too long ago, and you can kind of tell that it's basically his acting style is basically him just doing a stand up because he was a stand up comedian, you know, just like Rodney. Yeah. And I, I know, like, I heard before, I watched like a little documentary thing with all these comedians and stuff. And like uh, people that were in movies with Rodney Dangerfield said that he never really had dialogue written for him. They just kind of let him do his own thing. So basically when Rodney did a movie, he wasn't really acting. He just wrote up like a, an hour and a half set of uh, one liners and like stand up <laughs> routine. And everybody is kind of fed off from him because that was just, you know, that was how naturally how Rodney Dangerfield was. And I feel like Sinbad is the same way, especially in this movie. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, despite Turbo Man being a fictional product created for the movie, the toy Myron references in the diner that he didn't get as a toy or, you know, he didn't get that toy as a child. 
um, oh, as yeah, later the said to be the most popular, you know, boys toy aside from Turbo Man. Yeah, uh, is is in fact a real toy. Like there was, it was a real life toy called the Johnny Seven OMA gun, which stands for a one man army. Uh, you know, as it performed like seven different functions. Uh, so it was produced by Deluxe uh, Reading under their Topper Toys toy line, and it was released in 1964. And it was the best-selling toy of that year. You know, the toy was marketed heavily on television. I, I, I remember seeing like commercials on YouTube for it. Hmm. And uh, you know, the commercial went exactly how uh, Sinbad described it in the movie. You know, it went on to be like a collector's item and everything. So, you know, that's kind of something interesting to think about. So the the role of Howard wasn't originally supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and it's kind of funny, like, the, the original person they were going to have was going to be Tim Allen. So that's, that's kind of a big difference there. So you yeah. go from Tim Allen... To Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> you know, not really any similarities there at all. <laughs> no, but the the idea, role, concept of you know the dad character, I feel like he could pull off. But yeah, really, really different. Yeah, I mean, you kind of saw that a little bit in, you know, some of the movies he was in, especially like the Santa Claus. Yeah, where he, he, you know, saw him as like the dad character, which also you're talking about how dads were like a disappointment (laughs) and not very good dads, apparently, in the 90s. Uh, That's another one to look at, too, is his role as Scott Calvin in the Santa Claus. Okay, so the next fact I have um, is the film cost $75 million to make, and it made $129.8 million. So it was, it was a pretty good success. So I mean, I'm kind of surprised they didn't like at least attempt a sequel, because the ending kind of left on a cliffhanger where you know, Arnold's wife asks him, you know, I'm really excited to see what you got me, and he looks at the camera with his eyes bugged out, you know, showing that he didn't get her anything. Uh, and the last one I've got here is kind of interesting and it kind of ties close to um, Michigan so in March 2001 a US uh, district court jury in Birmingham, Michigan ruled that the 20th Century Fox they they stole the script idea of Jingle All the Way from a Detroit high school biology teacher named Brian Webster. Okay. And the studio the studio was ordered to pay $19 million. What? Like later, later, it was reduced to $1.5 million. Uh, Webster submitted the script, and it was named Could This Be Christmas? to the studio in 1994. Uh, he said he never received payment nor credit despite the film making $129.8 million. Uh, 20th Century Fox appealed and the verdict was reversed since Webster's script was submitted after the studio had already purchased a treatment of what would become the movie's script. 
Interesting. So he sued. So he sued. He ended up getting uh, originally nineteen million. It was later reduced to one and a half, and then he got nothing. <laughs> Dang! You get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's rough. <laughs> so that's all I have for trivia and facts. And uh, the next little thing here I've got is something I thought would be fun to do um, for each movie review. Review. Um, since you and I have like expressed our admiration for Tom Hanks, the greatest human uh, being ever to live. <laughs> oh, and he's had such a huge career that I wanted to see if it was possible to find a way to relate each movie we review back to Tom Hanks. Perfect, love and it. So I call it I call it Hanks for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and this one was pretty easy to start off with. Um, I mean, if you guys know anything about Tom Hanks, you know that he's married to Rita Wilson, who plays, <gasps> who yes. plays Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife in the movie. So Ta-da. pretty easy, pretty easy one to tie back. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's going to get harder as we go on, but it's just going to be fun to see if I can figure out a way to tie it back to Tom Hanks. Yeah, no, I think it's a great uh, segment. And yeah, you got you got to start with like a bunt, you know, or whatever, a chip shot. So yeah, we'll uh, it. I'm sure that will get interesting, and some of them will be a lot longer than just being married to a character. <laughs> yeah, so, we're not just gonna review a bunch of Rita Wilson movies. <laughs> yeah, nothing against Rita Wilson, but I don't think so. Right. Okay. The next thing we'll do, we'll give our grade. Uh, I. Check this out on IMDb and on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, do you have any idea what you think the grade would be on IMDb for this? I saw. I did see IMDb for this one. Ah. So <laughs> guessing doesn't really count. So uh, did, now, is uh, Rotten Tomatoes like? Because I know IMDb is out of ten, and Rotten Tomatoes is out of a hundred percent, right? Right, because they have the audience score, and then they have um, like the critic score. And and so, I just grabbed the the critic score for this one. I didn't grab the audience one. Okay, is the critics above like fifty five percent? Oh no, not even close. Oh okay, all right. <laughs> it, the percentage for this one is fifteen. Whoa! <laughs> so the critics hated this movie apparently, um, which is kind of surprising because it made so much money. Huh. Maybe because they and, the fact that he was not an action person. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, and the IMDb score for this was a 5.6. Yeah, that's why I asked. I feel like it's fair. I feel like that's a little more fair than the 15% of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, that's why I asked, because I knew it was like 5 points something. So I was like, well, if they did higher than 55%, then that's higher than IMDb, but... Nope. Uh, apparently, Rotten Tomatoes really hated Arnold for this one. Right. Actually, I saw something, too, when I was getting ready for this episode that, uh, about somebody who wrote an article trying to defend this movie um, in Arnold's, you know, plethora of movies and everything. And it was kind of interesting to look at. But Yeah, he kind of sticks out compared to the rest of the movies, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's bad or not. 
But so, what what do you give your grade for this out of five? Well, it's good. It's entertaining. Um, now I know um, we've said we're open to half uh, half person um, doing like halves, but I'm trying to keep it like just regular one, two, three, four, or five. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got to go with a four. So, because it's it's better than a three in my opinion, but it's definitely not. I mean, like I enjoy it, and I think it's good, but just as far as like comparing it to the all the other options out there and everything, I think I'm gonna land with a a solid four. I th- I think that's a good spot for it. Four out of five. Yeah, that's the same thing I had actually. Yeah, um, I I do really enjoy the movie. I mean, I watch it pretty much every year, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites. And it's definitely not a perfect movie. I know what your favorite Christmas movie is. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Jim Carrey's Grinch movie. Oh, God. We will get into that when we do our episode on favorite and least favorite Christmas movies. <laughs> Coming soon to a podcast near you. Okay, so we're in agreement at um, four out of five. So we can move on to suggestions. Thank you! <laughs> Show time! Now I have a question before we get started. Did you mouth, <laughs> yeah, yeah, during that? <laughs> no, this time I actually didn't. Okay. I think I, I catch myself doing it every time. Um, but yeah, so suggestions. All right. So I've, I've held on to this one for a couple weeks now. Um, cause we've been watching the office. And so if anybody remembers the episode, um, it's kind of when, oh my gosh, how uh, there we go. Holly and Michael get back together after mm-hmm. she comes back from the other branch. And, uh, cause Michael goes missing and then, yeah. Holly and Aaron and Dwight go looking for him and he doesn't have his phone. So they're just kind of like blindly searching for him in the city. And then Dwight realizes that somehow Holly thinks like Michael does. Mm -hmm. So he's just like, Hey, you know, do what you do. And then I'm just going to follow. And he's just going to follow her. Well, I am like almost a hundred percent certain that they um, based that episode off of a Martin Short movie called Pure Luck. Are you familiar with that one? No, actually, I'm not. I'm actually a little surprised because it's Martin Short and Danny Glover. <laughs> so um, it, it's actually pretty good. It's pretty entertaining. But essentially, like the plot of the movie is this uh, big uh, executive... I don't know where, like maybe in New York or something has a daughter who's just like a total klutz airhead. And she was traveling and she disappeared and okay. he has sent a bunch of people to go find her, but they can't. So then Danny Glover is sent to try to find her with Martin short because Martin short is essentially exactly like her, like an airhead 
and complete klutz. So they think that maybe he will stumble upon her because mm-hmm. he he's like her. And so it's just very funny because I swear that episode in the office had some tie toward uh, with pure luck, the movie. So if you like Mark Martin Shore or Danny Glover, and obviously this is not like action hero Danny Glover, but it's pretty entertaining. Um, I actually cannot remember exactly when it came out. I want to say 90, oh, 91. There you go. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, your kind of generic early 90s comedy, dumb and cheeky, but it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember I watched it, gosh, probably at least three or four times and I enjoyed it. So, nice. Is, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, that's your recommendation this week. Rock. Okay, and like always, we are going to end the show with our one liners of the week. I, I can never remember who went first last time. <laughs> mm. I feel like I feel like you did last time. I think so. Okay, so I'll go first this time. Um, and sticking with the Christmas spirit, uh, it is from one of the best Christmas movies, and that's Home Alone. And my one-liner is, Buzz, your girlfriend, woof. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, actually, I, uh, I so I've, I'm starting to accumulate a little list here so that mm-hmm. ours can be a little bit related. And so since you're going with the holiday theme, I will stick in the holiday genre as I go with uh, Die Hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Hans Gruber, talking to John McClane, asks him, who are you then? And then... John McClane says, just a fly in the ointment, Hans, the monkey in the wrench, the pain in the ass. <laughs> so right. felt that was appropriate with Christmas coming up and then you threw in the holiday one. So I was like, perfect. I was ready this week. Awesome. Yeah. And like always, guys, we'll get that posted on Twitter and you guys can vote for the winner. Um, I haven't really decided when this competition's going to like roll over the new yeah. year. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Football we'll just off season. Uh, maybe we'll just kind of like pick a target number and the first person reach it wins. Okay. That sounds uh, good. We'll figure that out. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, next, next time we will be talking about our favorite and least favorite holiday movies. Uh, we'll post a question out there, try to get your guys' favorite and least favorites. Um, it'll give us a little bit more to talk about. But until then, uh, I'm Brandon, he's Caleb, and this time it's personal. <laughs>